Welcome back to the TV Podcast. I am Jason Snell. We're here to talk Doctor Who again, as we have been doing every single week for the entire eighth season of Doctor Who. We're back with episode 11. 11 weeks in a row we've been doing this. I should say uh, we because I, I missed a week because there was an 18-inning-long baseball game. Anyway, joining me tonight, returning to our post-Doctor Who conversations. These are both returnees. This is sort of the afterlife of... No, I'm not going to even go there. Uh, to talk about episode 11, <laughs> Dark Water, uh, Chip Sutterth from the Two Minute Time Lord podcast. Hi, Chip. Hi, Jason. And Serenity Caldwell of many things, including this podcast and the incomparable and I'm more and everything else. Hi. Hi. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> Two-part episode. <laughs> Big yeah. season finale, pretty momentous, kind of need to start at the start, which is, well, I mean, the very first thing is that Clara has, has uh, like a great uh, TV detective, has created like a, <laughs> a, a flowchart timeline map of the season for us with post-it notes marking various locations and uh episodes that we've seen which is really interesting and uses and, and out of this she has uh she says she wants to tell danny some things not all of them good um but she the the item she chooses to begin with is that she loves him and more than that not in a casual way but in a i expect that i'm you're the only person i'm ever going to say that to again kind of way uh which i thought was a really interesting start because it, it's sort of acknowledging that this is the wrap up to the season and and this is a culmination but you know it, it ends up being i i was a little surprised because she's sort of like trying to almost like let him down gently by saying some of it's not good. And then what she chooses to express in that moment uh, is, uh, is that she really truly loves him, which is an interesting choice for Clara. Yeah. I, I, now that I think about it, uh, I wonder if she was getting ready to say that I, I really love you, but I want to keep traveling in the TARDIS or something like that. I was, um, that that's another one of these classic Moffat moments where, you have this really cool thing, uh, the wall full of post-it notes and all this other stuff, and you don't really know what it means, and you may never. You may never know. It may just be that tip of the cap, right, to saying this is the mm-hmm. end of the season. These are the places we've been. Just a recap for those of you who may have missed weeks. Yeah, but it's nice that she tells this to Danny because he is then hit by a car and dies. <laughs> Off screen. Yep. <laughs> well, blessedly. I mean, it is family TV. It is. I mean, she doesn't even hear anything horrible on the. Uh, I guess she's too busy talking uh, to hear anything horrible on 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 the other end of the phone. And then a lady comes on and says, "I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, I did not expect this to happen. Uh, this is this is, was quite shocking to me to have Danny uh, killed off screen. To see Clara standing in the street and then seeing her, uh, you know, still standing in the street, but now it's later and she's. Obviously looks exhausted and there's a shrine to Danny and we hear the people in the school talk about how he's dead and we see her grandmother try to tell her, you know, that she needs to to move on and and she uh she then she gets kinda angry and, and decides she's gonna call the doctor and, and uh and uh, do something about this because she's owed better. She deserves better. Um than this, which is quite breathtaking for the first, what, five minutes of this episode to have this kind of, it's quite, what a way to start an episode, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah, it's it's very, um, I had gotten a little behind on my watching, so I marathoned a bunch of episodes today, and man, um, this this definitely hits home, especially, you know, I, I haven't been growing with the whole Clara-Danny um, romance as, like, week by week. I've just kind of digested it all this week. Um, so it still lands, which I thought was really impressive. And it, it like, you don't – you feel a very deep connection to her grief here, which I was not really expecting from Do- – like, Doctor Who has always been a show for me that, like, sometimes its pacing is brilliant and sometimes its pacing feels off the wall – and this episode, for the large majority of it, um, feels very perfectly paced to sort of wring maximum emotion and weight off of it, including the the little the next bit that comes after these opening opening yeah. five minutes. <laughs> I mean, you expect an episode like this to part one of the two part season finale to start off 
I think Doctor Who has trained us, in fact, to start off as as kind of this uh, fun romp adventure. Where is it going to go? It's going to lead to a cliffhanger. And instead, it starts with a piece of kind of crushing emotional news um, that is followed up immediately by Clara um, deciding that she's going to take matters into her own hands and basically betray the doctor. She will do anything she can to get to use her relationship with the doctor to get him back. It is not. I mean, I I have to say it. It is really a uh, courageous move by Stephen Moffat, I think, to start the story this way, because you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for really turning off the audience. You're putting them in a very peculiar emotional state right up front and then to have to work your way out of it. I, I felt like almost like he was deliberately setting uh, up a very high degree of difficulty for himself by doing this. So I was I was taken aback by just quite how it did not start in the place I expected. Yeah. Um, as a something of a Doctor Who specialist, you could say that I am. <laughs> um, uh, Next time I'll introduce you as the host, uh, one of the hosts of the, uh, the uh, Audio Guide to Babylon 5, just to make <laughs> you feel better. Okay. <laughs> also um, I... As far as the main plot points, which we'll get to in a minute, you know, I wasn't surprised by much because if you pay attention to official BBC press releases and coverage in the Radio Times and things like this, or watched last week's trailer, or (laughs) Or that, yeah, that, um, you you knew pretty much the big stuff that was coming on, Um, but utterly surprised by Danny's exit and. We got some hints from the trailer, from the teaser from last week, that Clara was going to do some tough stuff. Um, but, um, but man, she mm. really takes she really takes the Doctor apart, um, throw, throw, throwing the TARDIS keys away, you know, and not regretting it when uh, when it's all over, and then being shocked, um, you know, ca- being called out on what she did. Uh, when she realized it was just a dream, that stuff was utterly surprising. I, I loved it. I think I, – I also think this is a, a way where the episode cheats a little bit, but in a good way, which is I suspect Clara's plan was to uh, – I don't know. I, I, I Well, I guess, I guess not. I mean – I don't understand. Well, look, if she was really trying to drug him right there and he turned it around and induced the dream state and revealed, I don't really understand quite why she did it that way because I can see that being the ultimate end. And we never really see kind of the entire flow of what happens when he picks her up. But I would assume that a a rational person, maybe she's just not thinking rationally, would first tell the doctor what was going on and, and beg him to find a way to solve this by, you know, taking him out of his time stream right then or whatever, not immediately go to, I know I will threaten the doctor and throw all the TARDIS keys away if he doesn't do what I want. That that was quite a jump. And I love uh, the emotional uh, communication that's happening there, which is she's willing to throw everything away to save Danny. But it, it did seem like she was skipping like all the other steps in between. I don't know. He's well, given her ample reasons not to trust her this season. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, based on some of the some of the actions that she's done this season, some of the actions that he's done this season, um, and also the setup. I mean, the the first seven minutes of this episode show us very clearly the the crazy state that Clara is mm-hmm. in, and the conversation with the grandmother I think shows pretty clearly yeah. the state that Clara is in. Um, it's, I mean, I've thankfully I've not had to deal with too many. F- people who are in this state but I've, I've seen people you know who lose folks close to them um and then just go off the wire like completely haywire can't function in society want to do completely very crazy things and that, that actually that rang very true to me especially the you know i don't regret it i because she because you can't see two feet in front of your face you're so obsessed with you know what happened to you that you have no idea what's right, what's wrong, what's rational, if you're a good person or not. You're just acting on emotion. I suppose which... the bargaining phase of grief uh, changes dramatically if you have access to a time machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, that, that, that's one of the strange mixtures in this episode, right? Is It's trying to have some level of emotional reality along with a premise that really makes you question 
what we consider emotional reality. In this universe, she has access to a time machine. She she needs, I mean, really, in the end, what it seems to me is, she needs to know she tried everything to save him. Yeah. And I, I also think, um, just sort of looking at the episode as a whole, it's interesting how much emotion is... Uh, is focused on in the first half of this episode, given what the reveal is at the back half. Yeah, it's trying to be, if not, I mean, it's serious. It's a serious episode, uh, dark, and, <laughs> dark's in the title, uh, and, and serious <laughs> episode. Um, the lava thing, I think, go, let's go to a volcano. I like that there's a, a for fans, there's this unstated uh uh, story about like the doctor's been to a volcano before it was not fun um but she tries to talk him into going and she's she knows where all he keeps all the keys to the tardis and he's going to throw those out i do have a question which is he can snap his fingers and open the tardis what do the keys do why do you destroy the keys it's not like the one ring he he besides which wouldn't he have a key on his person and uh so i'm unclear on exactly what she was hoping to get out of this other than that maybe she was desperate and not thinking clearly and this was what she was going to do because um i i don't think it makes any sense he can open the tardis and he doesn't stick a key in it in order to start it up well and, but and stephen moffat's the guy who wrote the episode i know, I know. But said he can well but again it snap of his it's fingers. um it's her dream state. It's a dream right? state. You can just it's her dream state, it and she believes. I mean, you see her. You do see her steal the key out of his pocket um, oh, okay. when she comes in. Yeah, she All she right. like goes through his pockets and steals a couple. And of she different cuts things. off his thumbs. Yeah, but no, but I mean, <laughs> but the whole snapping to open the TARDIS thing. I mean, again, if it's a dream state, and it and it's suggestible, like what you want to have happen, it's entirely possible that the Doctor like put into her brain all right you want to you want to do this plan yeah i'll let you think that this is the only way that yeah she's not thinking clearly right i mean she's also not thinking clearly she is it looks like she hasn't slept she's you know she's a mess and she's desperate uh it just i i kept thinking well but he can just but when i thought it was real i'm like he can just snap the finger his finger so so even because hell she can snap her fingers well yeah you're right so but but that's not what that scene is about, right? And I no. see this a lot this season where there are um, things that don't make any sense, uh, but I see why they did them because they want to get to a, a an emotional place. And uh, sometimes I go along with it because I think it's a nice place they go to, and sometimes I, I get taken out of it by the, the illogic of it. What they're trying to get to here is a very nice place at the end, which is really – literally, she needs to know that she's tried everything and that he, even under the most – difficult circumstances is going to say no that, that that this can't she needs to know that this can't be done um and that's what she's trying to accomplish there not to strand them all at the volcano but to um to get the doctor to admit if if he can be saved or failing that that she knows she tried everything and and it can't be done and i like that moment but again I, i'm sitting there all the time just snapping my fingers <laughs> um so then, then uh, they go back inside, and and, and uh, there are two uh, very funny, uh, brilliantly written, I'd say, pieces of dialogue. First off, uh, she says, "What happens now?" And he says, "Go to hell." And she's like, "Fair enough." And she starts to walk to the door uh, mm-hmm. because she figures that he he is rightfully telling her off for what she was going to do, and and he says. No, seriously, we will try to f- find him in hell or wherever he might be. Um, and and then the, the the moment that really was the the standout, maybe the standout line of the entire season for me so far, which is, "Do you think I care for you so little that you betraying me would matter?" Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's the Doctor and Clara's relationship. He is, and quit it with the eyes. Don't you know, don't cry. Quit, quit it with the eyes. He doesn't want to express express and get all weepy about it or do any hugging. But um, you know, in that line, he's saying, "Look, um, of course I'll help you." And, and and in fact, that's interesting that she went to all of this trouble, and he's like, "Of course I'll help you. Let's do it." And when we needed that, I needed mm-hmm. that as a fan mm-hmm. because uh, I've had a problem with the um, the the Doctor making um, what are in the real world would be really, really nasty, almost misogynistic remarks about her appearance, um, the 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 sort of the sort of affection mixed with not just cold logic, but sort of insulting mm-hmm. uh conversation. And they just weren't they didn't appear good for each other. You know, she s- slapped the heck out of him a few times, uh, which is you know 
which itself is a little problematic. Um, that one line, yeah, um, it, it it doesn't make the stuff that we saw earlier in the season less problematic for me, but it does um, it does reassure me that we've been in a good place all along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we get the we get back to the telepathic controls that we saw earlier this season. <laughs> uh, in uh, listen, I think where she sticks her fingers in the goo slots and the TARDIS chases down her timeline to an intersection point with Danny Pink which is that's one of those cases where uh, just like with a psychic paper where I don't mind let's just do this Um, this is this is the magic thing that takes us to the next part of the story instead of I'm going to flip some switches and have it be all you know oh I'm finding a, a beam of a thing that went to a place and we'll go there it's like look she sticks her fingers in it knows where they need to go next and they go there I actually kind of like that that's a a little bit of a shortcut um, to get us to uh, the nether sphere. So we've seen this before. It's been set up. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if the reason that we saw the nether sphere stuff, because it, none of it has in hindsight, at least so far seems necessary at all. It's just there as an, as I was saying last week, as an ad for the season finale, stay tuned for the season finale when you'll figure out what all this means. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it doesn't seem important to the plot. I, I'm starting to wonder if the reason it's there is to get us to accept this storyline, that the idea that people die and pop up somewhere else and there's a perky lady there who's signing them in and there's a bureaucracy and all of that is so bizarre and so just out of left field that Stephen Moffat felt like he needed to seed the storyline a little bit so we would at least accept that this is what the show is trying to tell us before we get to this point. Um, uh, otherwise, if if we knew nothing about it, would we come into this episode and be like, what the hell is going Why on? Why wasn't now? there any setup? Where have the bees gone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you guys think that, but I'm starting that's what I'm starting to wonder is like uh Danny Pink dying and then this nether sphere thing and all of that. Like does do we accept it a little bit better in this episode just because it the, this idea was exposed to us ten weeks ago? I think so. I mean, it was definitely I had a lot of reservations when I watched the first I did watch the first couple episodes um, on Target with their releases. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first time I saw that, I'm like, oh, God, Stephen Moffat is setting us up for another crazy hullabaloo. Um, and I was expecting it to go to a much darker place and us to see more Missy and like have her appear in walls, you know, so to to set it up like this and then just sprinkle again sprinkle lightly and not liberally throughout the the season order and then to have an episode like this it actually felt um i i draw some parallels between uh missy in this season and bad wolf all the way back to season one because to me that actually feels very very similarly like Hmm. in terms of the setup and in fact the reveal here to me feels very similar to the reveal of the game station Yes. Um, like mm-hmm. it's it's such a it's a 180 that I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Why didn't I see it coming? <laughs> yeah. When they get to uh, when they get to the 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 three W three W headquarters, um, I, I flashed on that exact thing. I thought this is like Stephen Moffat's version of that first Russell T. Davis uh, season ending storyline where. Where it just it, it just rang like that, that this is this big structure and it's got these people. And let me explain a little bit about how this all works. And I, I, I don't know. I got a little bit of that vibe like like this is a strangely familiar kind of thing. And then we and then like the army of ghosts, too, a little bit. Right. Where we've got these we've got the skeletons in the in the little water aquatic tomb things and all of that, that that it, it, it felt it felt like uh it didn't feel like a knockoff of a of a past Doctor Who finale, but it did feel like it was influenced by many of the past Doctor Who finales. It had we, echoes we, once we got there. Yeah, echoes. Yeah, I think they've they've got a format. Um, <laughs> it's not a formula, but it is a format um, that they that these seasons um, seem to follow, and they follow it because it works. I did like that. I was so wrapped up in the drama early on that I had actually forgotten a lot of the. Um, uh, the details about the Missy stuff. So when um, Danny Pink opens his eyes and suddenly I'm going, oh, I know where he is. Right. And that's where I think all of that seating really, really helped, actually. 
Yeah. Yeah. That we don't have that moment of like, oh, he's been captured or something because we've seen mm-hmm. a bunch of people die and wake up in the, uh, you know, dull, drab, bureau- bureaucratic office uh, being seen by Missy or being seen by one of the bureaucratic guys. Um, and so we're like, oh, yeah, he's there now. He died and now he's there. So it does it does sort of make sense now why they did it, uh, not because it was titillating us because it, it really wasn't, but, but that it was preparing us to to accept what we see when we when he says, you know, welcome to the never nether sphere. And, you know, we've got a burner here. Right. One of those. He's probably mm-hmm. going to be going to be. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. That's a setup. I, I, yeah. Yeah. It was also good that we got to see Chris Addison before uh, this episode as well. That helped mm-hmm. a bit as much. Um, really good planning this time around, yeah. uh, this season. Yeah. yeah. So, the pacing in general has felt better this season. Yeah. Um, so we we uh, we go go to the Nether Sphere and the Aquatic Tombs, and and uh, Missy appears, and the Doctor realizes that she's she's uh, narrating the hologram from right behind it, um, reading backward. I thought it was funny. <laughs> and she claims to be an AI, which I thought was an interesting twist and also not <laughs> not at all believable because we've, not, we've seen Not at her. all convincing. We've yeah. seen no. her. We know that that's not what she is. And she kisses him um, and asks if they need to dial down the intimacy and offers to kiss Clara too. Um, and when he asks for detailed questions of who, who built her and why she's here, she shouts, Dr. Chang! <laughs> <laughs> and Dr. Chang appears to give us a tour, which again reminded me of when they give the tour of Torchwood in uh, Army mm, of Ghosts. In season right? two, yeah. It's like, let me, t- let me show you our base. You are our honored guest, Doctor. Um, and he shows him the psychic paper, which has got a lot of swearing on it, apparently. <laughs> I keep that on the inside. I think that's a nice... Uh, Reference to other characters Peter Capaldi has played yes. over the years. Very good wink and nod <laughs> to the audience. I just realized the the big fat clue that they give us about the dark water where they're like, oh, yes, only human matter is yeah. able to be seen. Yeah. Only organic ah, matter. Ah, it, 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 it's got an invisible exoskeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the, the aquatic tombs look like the tombs of the Cybermen from, from the classic oh, Patrick Troughton true. series. Yes. So, yes. I mean. And as they're, they're walking down it, they say, these are tombs. And I'm like, of the Cybermen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After Danny Pink dies, there really aren't any surprises in this episode for me at all. And I'm strangely okay with that because – and I go into this into more detail than I ought to here uh, but on, the, on, on my own podcast. But it's like they know that all of the marketing material has been out there, that they know all the press was going mm-hmm. to spoil the spot Cyberman and all that stuff. So when those doors close and you see the Cyberman eyes – Everybody who was everybody who had missed all of the uh, publicity stuff would be like, "Oh wait, aren't those?" And mm-hmm. then uh, people like me who were just waiting for the Cybermen to show up, I was practically on the floor rolling, laughing because yeah. it was so audacious. Yeah, I um, so we like I said, we watched these back to back with my family because they missed last week's episode. I, I I watched it for the podcast, but we never got to it. Uh, baseball controlled our lives. We've just overthrown the yoke of our master of baseball and now we're free to watch <laughs> TV when we want. Um, anyway, so uh, when we got to the trailer, I just turned it off and we switched over and, and then we watched the next episode. Um, so they didn't see the trailer because I, I felt like that trailer was really spoilery. And as it turns out, there's, there's stuff from both episodes in that trailer. Oh, um, really? And <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, there's stuff in there that we still haven't seen. Uh, and I, I think that trailer was a mistake personally. But... Um, I wrote down, because I knew the Cybermen were in it, because I saw the trailer. I wrote down when we first see the door, oh, door with a Cyberman eye, that's really cute. Uh, but in that moment where he says, again, funny joke, I'm missing something obvious, and the door slide closed. And not only that, Murray Gold <laughs> has the music cue of the, the Cybermen the that sting. he's used throughout <laughs> playing. And and so I, I'm sitting next to Lauren, and she's like, <gasps> it was perfect. It totally worked. Now, my kids Beautiful. weren't paying attention, and we had to back it up. And then and then my, my son is like, oh, there's Cyberman eyes. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but she got she, it, it totally worked. And, and as for me, like you, Chip, I was just rolling. I'm like, that is a really funny moment of like, I know I must be missing something. And it's like, we've seen those two circles in the logos on the nether sphere, but not, you know, not put together like suddenly 
there it is. It's Cybermen. Very funny. And you're right. This is, like you said, it's a format. And uh, I'm reminded of the classic Doctor Who where they would do episodes called like something of the Daleks or something of the Cybermen. And at the cliffhanger at the end of episode one was always the revelation that the Daleks or the Cybermen were in it, which is in it was in the title. It, it was not a surprise that there was going to be a Dalek or a Cyberman. In no, fact, but you just didn't know how. Right. And it became the form, right? It, the form was when will they be revealed and how will they be revealed? And that's exactly what happens here. Uh, you, I mean, you get it twice because you get it for the Cyberman and the Master. But it, it's – it's um, it's it, that's that I liked that about it. That yes, we are going through the motions. We know most of us know where this is going, but that's okay because it's kind of more about this journey that 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 we're taking of how what form will they be revealed? And yeah, it was clear that those tanks were going to drain and there were going to be Cybermen in them. And, but when that moment happened, that was great and really well executed. I love the upshots oh, where you so get the, creepy, right? You get the skeleton <laughs> and then there's the water is is floating and then above it is a Cyberman. The head. antenna, so yeah, good. Oh. yeah. Yeah. So you're, but you're right. We we uh, most of us, many of us, if anybody who did any of the publicity, watched the trailer, or whatever, knows knows what's coming. I think it still works pretty well, and I can I can tell you it absolutely worked in that moment. And they didn't wait for the reveal of the Cybermen, right? It wasn't one of those things like the Dalek coming out of the gold ball uh, in in Army of Ghosts, where it's like what? It was like the moment where the doors close and the music plays. That's the moment where the episode tells you. These are the Cybermen. <laughs> and I liked that, that it gave us it gave us the moment then before they got the moment. The mm-hmm. characters. Right. Well, and that's not even the only reveal in the episode. Well, the, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. There's well, so so there's so much here. Okay, first I have to say, because of the the, the careers that Ren and I are in, that that, that line That Steve Jobs line was yes. hilarious. So you, you have iPads in the afterlife, and I'm like, it's interesting that they went brand specific because they usually the BBC, as as the famous uh, Russell T. Davis co- uh, commentaries always said, other tablet uh, computers are available because they're not supposed to endorse a particular brand. But the iPads, I'm like, why why iPad? And then the next line we have ipads we have steve jobs that was amazing what a line we don't just have ipads here in the afterlife we have steve jobs uh Uh, that was that was really great um and then we get the payoff of danny pink uh and his trouble from his army career and it's i thought played really well because we are assuming that um that Clara is going to be reaching out to him because we see her trying to find him and they're in the building and all of that. And we think, okay, Clara has come to get him. And uh, and they say, have you killed anybody? And I'm thinking, is this going to be like, you know, we're going to have to send you to hell if you killed somebody and all that. But it, it And it's because of the meeting request. And it turns out it's a, it's a kid that Danny killed when he was in Afghanistan? Afghanistan, Iraq? yeah. Or, uh, Afghanistan. Um and he doesn't say much, they say, but that I thought that was um, – I liked how that uh, that played out, how he has some flashbacks and we're led to believe – you know, we're thinking about something different. And so when that moment happens where it's like when, when you're in the afterlife, you know, you're not just going to find your loved ones. Uh, the, that person that you killed wants to see you, which is terrifying. <laughs> But oh, uh, that was a that was a surprise. Again, another one of these surprising dark moments that I I didn't expect. Those are the things I didn't expect in this episode, yeah. Chip. Right, right, right. Samuel and- Anderson, such a good performance. I, yeah. I, I it, the character has been written up and down in different ways. You never know whether he's uh, like being manipulative or genuinely concerned, or as as most people in real life are, a little bit of both. Um, but whatever he's been given to do, he's done it really well. And that weight of guilt on him was, oh, yeah. yeah, he just, he knocked it out of the park. Baseball reference. And he's so, oh, it's back. Uh, he's so likable. And, and that works for him in scenes like this too, right? Because you really feel for him um, and and that he he feels tormented. I mean, this is not a case where, uh, he's being haunted by his. He's being haunted by his ghosts, and you could take that as being this is a horrible thing that I've done. And what you end up feeling is empathy, and um, you, you know, you feel really, really bad for him that he's that that this he's been tormented by this, and now he's facing this thing that he's been trying to forget because he knows it's so terrible. Um, and his performance, yeah, you you, it really helps because he he is so likable, and you really do uh, connect with him. 
And, you know, he accidentally, clearly, killed a child in wartime. Yeah. And what does he do when he leaves the service? Becomes a teacher. He teaches. He becomes a teacher. Yeah. I like Danny Pink. It's a shame that they killed him. (laughs) Shame that they killed him. Yeah, death, flexible, fluid, Well, his his body is around. His body hasn't been cremated yet. And they downloaded his brain. Oh, uh, my God. um, And put it in a slice of Gallifrey's Matrix, which is a virtual reality world first seen in The Deadly Assassin in 76, is that right? 76, 75? You it's are correct, sir. Mid, mid-70s. Uh, and and therefore, a very interesting little back reference, but also explains why the Nether Sphere, it turns out, is a virtual reality world where people people's uh, brains are, are downloaded, their minds are downloaded, and then apparently, uh, we learn later, edited before being returned uh, to uh, the, the cyber bodies of Cybermen, which... Uh, I guess we might as well talk about it now. It sounds like this is an audacious plot by Missy to use all the dead on planet Earth and turn them into a cyber army. Like, if you die, we basically, when you die on Earth, we get your body, we edit your brain, and we make you into a cyberman. Like, we, we, they're not, they're not just living people now. They're zombie. There's, they're a zombie (laughs) army. The worst of both worlds. You know, the, the one thing that kind of struck me in this was all right this makes sense for like recently dead people but how far back can they really download brains because the brain decomposes fairly quickly it's like this seems to me something where it would have to be an almost immediate capture maybe i'm just thinking too much into time lord science well they talk about telepathy so you wonder if the telepathic if they're what they're saying is like your 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 brain waves are out there and can be intercepted but it's also could it be time travel related where they're snatching i I had that moment where i thought are they literally like is this before it was revealed uh that it's the that it's uh the master i'm thinking is this something involving people in the future who've realized that they can uh, snatch people at the time of their death and save them and and give them a second life like river world kind of thing mm-hmm. um and and time travel could be a part of that but it's revealed that they're in the present um so maybe not but uh, although we saw like a uh, deep breath that happens in the past and they and they retrieve that guy so uh the master has a tardis there's time there's time lord technology involved here presumably that's some some of what's going on um, I don't have know. no doubt that every last detail will be clearly <laughs> enunciated <laughs> next week. Silence will fall, so we'll <laughs> know we'll know everything that there is to know. But it, it is an interesting, audacious, crazy uh, suggestion that all the dead are being basically retrieved, uploaded into a piece of the Gallifreyan virtual reality matrix. Um, and then edited, which Danny is given the choice, which again, talking about our themes throughout this year, um, the, uh, his, his, uh, grappling with what he did in Afghanistan and he's literally given an iPad app <laughs> with a button on it that says delete. Delete. Cause it's so bad. To delete, so good and to so de- bad. To delete his own emotions. Um, that's also the, the app design in the nether sphere. Not so great. Their Skype uh, app design is just the Wi-Fi symbol. Uh, that's not so good. And then the the afterward, there is more of an interface on there where you can like upload and play and re- all that. Plus, big red button that says delete. But I guess the Cybermen are missing. When you delete your emotions, you don't have much good user experience design left, or something. They had Steve Jobs, but they didn't have um, Johnny Ive. Johnny Ive and yeah. All, yeah, all the all the UI designers that are still alive. <laughs> but well, if if Steve Jobs was being put to work designing Cybermen apps, they would be better than they were. I think we can all we can all agree that the Cybermen apps. Wait, would be now if Steve Jobs we, we now concerned. understand the redesign of the Cybermen. Actually, do you know um, the other line that I, I that I thought that they wanted to say and didn't was we have an app for that, and 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 he didn't say it. He he said. Something slightly different. He said we have a, a there's we have something for that or or something. And I'm like, oh, dude, you know. And I think maybe that yeah. was a bridge too far for the BBC to to make that a yet another Apple reference. But if you're talking about the afterlife iPads, I mean, come on. Um, uh, what else? What else have we not we not talked about? Um, the big one. Uh, so yeah, before we get there, um, 
I, I really liked, there was a line earlier that we didn't mention, which uh, he was asking Clara if she was okay. And she says, no. And he says, good. There would be something very wrong if you were. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Another great Capaldiism of like, you need to be, and he kept saying, be focused. Um, and, and he's really telling her, like, this may not be Danny. Um, you need to be uh, willing to listen to something that is not going to be what you want to hear. And I think he, I think he has a lot of trust. He's just telling her to be strong because I think he has a lot of trust that she's going to make the right decision. Um, but I really liked that. Um, and there's a are you gonna the, that are you gonna kill me moment with uh, Doctor Chang where she wants him to say something nice and then she can kill him and then he says something nice which I thought come on dude just say insult her say mean things don't turn around and say a nice <laughs> thing because then she's gonna kill you but poor Doctor Chang he doesn't know how to deal with uh, with uh, a psychopathic killer like that he's just he's very sad that he he's lost his job and his life. He was just looking forward to explaining dark water to people a little bit more. Yeah, and he gets disintegrated, so presumably he can't even go to the the nether sphere because he has no body. Yeah, don't cremate me. Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay, so don't cremate me. I thought that was interesting and 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 cr- super creepy, right? This is one of those this super is, creepy. This, this is a Stephen Moffat thing of like you take people's fears. So this idea is what if what if when I die, um, I'm still in there. And then I feel you burn me and cremate me, so don't do that. I thought they were going to go in a different direction because they'd done a couple of times uh, right from the Bells of St. John, uh, which is Clara's first proper episode, the um, I, I don't know where I am kind of thing, which was – that was also empty souls in a, in a matrix kind of thing um, that I, I wondered if this was going to be a callback to that. And it still might because that's the episode where she says that a lady in a shop told her the doctor's phone number. And that's Missy. So uh, there may be some connections there with Clara's first episode. But still, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Don't Cremate Me is the is playing on this ultimate fear. And this episode is full of stuff like that. It's very, very dark for a, for, a, for Doctor Who. Not necessarily in a bad way. I think it's scary for, no, it's lovely. Scary for grownups, mm-hmm. even. Um, okay. I think, I, think we're, I think we're left with Missy. Oh, Missy. <laughs> so, so Missy's real. She's not an AI. She's got Time Lord technology, and 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 we uh, get that nice moment where the moment that the Doctor and Missy have in the hallway earlier, where they're touching heart, touching you know to chest, and there's a a, a, a shock moment is explained that that's because uh, she is uh, a Time Lady because she has a stickler for for proper uh, phrasing. And she says, the one you abandoned. Um, and then there, it's revealed that they're in London. And, uh, and uh, she explains that uh, Missy is short for mistress. And that means she is the master. Dun, dun, dun. Honestly, I thought was the most obvious choice from the beginning. And then this is a case where it's sort of hiding in plain sight. I, I assumed it wouldn't be the master because it was too obvious and therefore was a little surprised. Yeah. It's a little bit like Benedict Cumberbatch and who he plays in Star Trek Into Darkness. It was so obvious that I started to think, surely that isn't it. So when it was revealed, I was like, oh, look, look at that. It's like it came all the way back around. Right. And and she was, you know, the, the marketing when Michelle Gomez was announced as uh, having a big role in the finale. She was her her title, you know, was given in the press, Mistress of the Nether Sphere, yes. whatever that is, um, and yeah, people people assumed that it it was so obvious it couldn't possibly be that. Um, so that's another one of those areas where I was not surprised, and right. um, but it still works. It still works. She's got some of that John Sim quality of just being utterly nuts. Yeah, gleefully um, crazy. Yeah, the old the old. The old masters, uh, Roger Delgado, Anthony Ainley, even <clears throat> I'm sorry, Eric Roberts. They were <laughs> they were sort of you know they were evil mustache twirling villains from yep. Central Casting. John Sim made the master deliriously crazy, um, and I really enjoyed that, although it wasn't entirely consistent. And uh, Missy's got a lot of that. The, the the mistress yeah. has a she's she's just nuts she's just she's like Dolores Umbridge and uh, Bellatrix Bellatrix Lestrange and you know all that stuff just rolled into one maybe a little Lindsay Lohan too I'm not sure <laughs> she's great I really really have enjoyed watching her in little bits and pieces all season and the the final reveal is like yeah maybe it's a little bit obvious but 
it's also delight. Like I'm, I am so happy with all of this episode. It's a little weird. It's a little crazy, and the the end kind of goes off the rails. But the reveal is just all of the reveals are so so exactly what I want from Doctor Who. I think I think uh, having set us up for this with the Neil Gaiman episode where the Doctor's wife, where we uh, see that there's a Time Lord who. Uh, who changed genders, and that in the Paul McGann short, uh, Night at the Doctor, uh, he's offered to be man or woman, that that this groundwork has been laid uh, partially because there's been that debate about should a woman play the Doctor, uh, but it's also laying groundwork for a woman to be the Master. And I think that's fun, and presumably we'll get a little bit more information about where the Master's been. When we last saw him, he was on Gallifrey in the time lock at the end of The End of Time, and and he's got uh, or she's got now Gallifreyan technology. So I I feel like we're going to get maybe um, some links to this larger story arc of where Gallifrey is as a part of this, which is kind of fun. Um, and uh, and yeah, she's got that a uh, little bit of that John Sim quality. You're you're absolutely right. That kind of uh, kind of nuts. Uh, I will say this though, I feel like uh, we don't know the whole thing. I feel like this is one of the master's better plans. Like stealing bodies and and downloading minds and making Cybermen out of them to take over the Earth seems kind of that's like a pretty good plan. Most of his plans are really dumb, and uh, I I don't like the Master's plans in general. But this seems pretty good. Plus, we get to see that classic uh, scene of the uh, Cybermen coming down the stairs and you know leaving St. Paul's Cathedral, which is uh, a reference to a classic Doctor Who image. Um, but the invasion, see, yeah. So, so to see that again, uh, it was also really cool. But I do think yeah. it's this. This is a good plan. Master is famous for some really lousy plans, but I think Missy is uh, has really got her act together now. Well, maybe if if it is a good plan, maybe that's a secret, subtle clue that it's not really the master. <gasps> yeah. It, it, it can't da, da, be the master da. if it's a good plan. Nice try, Joe. <laughs> nice I mean, try. there's always the argument of can you really control the Cybermen? Well, that's true. That's true. Although, are, are these even really Cybermen? Or are, they, are these like Cybermen, uh, the cyber process is being used to create an army for the master? Um, I think that's un- one of the unanswered questions. What are, So, I mean, we've reached this point. What are our expectations for the finale now? What What... Uh, you know what? What are the the questions that we've got? I mean, where did the master come from? How how is how is how is uh, the master back as the mistress? Uh, what's what, what's the deal with the Cybermen? Are they are they involved or are they just uh, uh, are, are the the cannon fodder here? They're just the soldiers, and the, maybe the it's just all been kind of co opted by the master. I actually think that I, makes the Cybermen more for- interesting, quite frankly. <laughs> Maybe it's because all of the surprises weren't really surprises this time around, but they got them all out of the way. Yeah. I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen next week. No, um, uh, other than some of those clips from the trailer last week that we haven't yeah, seen but, and I'm like wishing I hadn't seen. Uh, yeah, but I'm not I, sure about the con- – without the context, you know, I'm, 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 st- I'm still kind of at sea. I've actually kind of forgotten most of the previous trailer, so that well, helps. Plus there's um, – yeah, I haven't watched it again and I don't want to now, but um, I thought this was all going to be happening in the nether sphere. And so to have them open the doors and, and have them be in modern day London, so far as we can tell, uh, I think that's really cool because now I, now I, that literally, um, uh, has ruined all of my expectations for next week. Cause I, I was assuming this was the world like with, um, those episodes we were talking about before those two parters, I was assuming that this was the world we were going to see next week. And instead it's gotten really weird and complicated where Danny pink is still in the, in the matrix basically. But, um, we, you know, we're not, we're in the middle of a Cybermen invasion in, in London. And that's, I think that's pretty cool. I think there's the, that's the big question now is what happens to Danny. Right. Yeah. And and how how did this happen? You know, how is it that they're in the cathedral? Uh, what was Clara actually following you when she used the telepathic circuits to take the TARDIS there? Right. No clue. Um, not only do I not have a clue, I don't have a clue whether or not Stephen Moffat's actually going to answer those questions <laughs> right. next week. <laughs> I would hope that he would because he still has to wrap up what because Jenna Coleman is theoretically exiting the series at the end of this. Uh, 
at is, the end of this uh, run, right? Is, is it now or at Christmas? And do we, we don't know. We she don't shot, know. She shot and she or they claim that she shot for Christmas. Uh, so right. I think that she's I think she's there through that. Yeah. Well, but even even so, um, we you know, we have to get some things to wrap up. I actually think the TARDIS leading Clara to Danny and it being in this mausoleum makes perfect sense because if it's a telepathic link – She's going directly to his consciousness, which is floating above them. And in fact, that's what the second thing right. we see is that floating consciousness. So well, that... Also, um, the Cybermen are there. So his body is probably there. And in fact, when it's we got a burner here, I assume that, that what they're doing there is sending out a priority to get his body before it gets um, before it gets Destroyed. cremated. Right. That there's some, something in, in that, too, is like as soon as you pop up there, if we can ascertain your, the, the status. Because presumably this is what they're doing is they're stealing bodies and putting them in Cybermen armor. So that may be what's going on with Danny is that his body is there, too. His yeah, mind is be, there and his or, body is or there. Or about to be. I don't know. I don't know. It, it is – it's funny. We've sat here and talked about this and talked about all the ways where this is a, uh, a format that we're familiar with, a form that we're familiar with for a Doctor Who finale, and, and how we knew a lot of the elements going in. And yet, I find this episode quite surprising. And it's about those other things. It's about the tone. It's about the death of Danny Pink. It's it's about the, the darkness uh, in the story and uh, some of the emotional honesty of the scenes with Clara and, uh, and the fact that I don't feel like I have any idea where they're going with it next week, which is, uh, yeah, that's a good feeling. Yeah, kind of crazy, but uh, but really enjoyable. Yeah. I feel like the season, with the exception of uh, Forest, which I didn't care for at all, I feel like the season has gotten better and better and better as it's gone along. Um, and I think that this is a high point. I really, I really dug it. And which, now, Doctor Who fans do not have, typically have meh feelings about Doctor Who, and neither do they have any sort of unanimity. My friend Rachel Donner uh, tweeted a screenshot of uh, two back-to-back tweets, uh, somebody saying, go watch today's Doctor Who if you haven't yet. It is amazing. Next to, I quit Doctor Who. This is BS. It's it's been a polarizing year for Doctor Who, um, but... I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what uh, Capaldi's done, and I'm excited about where this. The least exciting thing about this season was for me was the Missy lead up, and yes. God help me, he brought it home. Yeah, Moffat brought it home. Yeah, Ren, what what are you what are you thinking about this season as a whole and this episode in particular? Um, this season I actually have really enjoyed. I feel like the majority of the episodes that I've seen, and I did skip a couple of the standalones um, to get to this point. I need to go back and rewatch. Uh, but the, I, I've really, really enjoyed everything I've seen so far this season. I love Capaldi. I mean, I said that the first episode that I was on for for uh, Incomparable. Like, I, I think he's an excellent choice for the Doctor. I love what he's brought to the role. And they're making Clara... And, you know, I've always liked Clara, but they're making her very interesting and very uh, compelling to watch as a companion. That was actually our first flashcast. That was our first of the yeah. TV flashcast. You were in you, you were in our deep breath episode. That's right. Then. So uh, so it's fun to come on back for the finale and be like, yeah, this actually this season is really let up um, and and almost exceeded my expectations. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, Chip. Uh, well, I mean, both of you, uh, I agree. I, I think the season has exceeded my expectations, and I had good expectations for Capaldi, but I think that the stories have generally been good. I'm not sure uh, whether I think any of the stories have been classics, uh, um, if that sounds strange, but I think I think the average is higher, way higher than last year. Um, and and oh, yeah. I, I have not, I have not disliked any episode. There are weak spots. The last 15 minutes of In the Forest of the Night was not good, I think. Um, I thought that uh, uh, Kill the Moon is deeply problematic and Robot of Sherwood while was kind of fun and stupid. And then we all talked about how Deep Breath had some really nice things in it and some junk and it was just yeah. sort of like suffered from being too long and with a plot that we didn't care about. But, I mean, that's it. That's, there, there, there are my grievances with this whole season and everything else I'm like – 
it's been pretty great. And we come on these episodes and I of of the podcast and I end up saying, well, here I am saying I like Doctor Who again. If we had done this last year, it would have been a bloodbath, I tell you. <laughs> it would have been not good, not not at all good. But um but this year, yeah. And and this episode um you know, I guess in the end, our view of it will be we're in a unique spot right now because we don't know what comes next. And no. in the end, two-parters are judged sort of by the whole story. But we're in this one week where we are suspended and we don't know what happens next. And Yeah, we have no idea what to expect. <laughs> yeah. And so this was this fascinating combination of the expected and unexpected from a Doctor Who uh, part one finale. And I'm really hopeful that Moffat does his old trick, which is start uh, part two of something in an un- unexpected angle. An unexpected location because he really Started likes at the end. He likes to do that, right? <laughs> he likes to have you start part two not at the end of part one, and I, mm-hmm. I, I hope that happens again because I, I feel like that would be really fitting to get us discombobulated yet again because this episode did that. Where I was like, what am I even seeing here? And I kind of want them to do that again for for next week's episode. And really, you know, Stephen Moffat just you know go all out, Moffat us to death. <laughs> In heaven, because that's the name of the episode, Death in Heaven. Moffat yes. us to death in heaven. In heaven. <laughs> if this were the incomparable, I'd that be, be exclamation point essing that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but instead, it will just be Dark Water, the title of this episode. Anything else before uh, we go that we failed to mention that you want to get out there? No, I think it's a good week, one. Yeah. <laughs> I think we did this one to death. Well, uh, everybody out there, for li- uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we are one week away from our final weekly journey into series eight of Doctor Who. Uh, we'll try to convene a fun panel next week to to send it off as many as many people as we can get from the from the past. It's like our own little uh, story thread of uh, we've had a bunch of different people on. We'll see who who we can it'll get be from. your it'll be your own journey's end. Yeah, won't it? exactly. So we'll Aww. do we'll do a flashcast next week and uh, after the episode airs, and then there will also be an episode of the incomparable. Um, the following weekend, I think, a weekend after the episode airs, where we will convene the the incomparable panel to talk about the season as a whole. So stay tuned for that, too. Um, Chip, thank you for being on again. It's a pleasure, always. And Ren, thank you so much for being back on. We 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 uh, we saw you at the beginning, and now here we are at the end. Aww, the Aww. Close to bitter end. Thank you for having it's me. It's the circle of death in the nether sphere (laughs) i don't know uh and everybody out there thanks for listening again uh this is jason snell and we will see you next week for the big finale Woo!